Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Our monthly hookup with the Citizens Information Service is Anna Donovan, Development Manager with South Munster Citizens Information covering West Cork and she is based in Bantry. Good morning to you, Anne. Good morning, Patricia. And you're very welcome. And today we are going to be talking about older people. But before we do, we fit an email just into the programme today and I'm wondering, is this something that Citizens Information could help this gentleman with? Donald was on to say, Hi Patricia, could I ask your advice please? My wife was diagnosed with bowel cancer in December. She's only entitled to illness benefit of 93 euro a week because my wages are just under 500 euro a week. I'm wondering, is there any kind of a top up payment that we can claim? We have two young children. We've got a mortgage, the utility bills, and we really are struggling some weeks. It's just a dreadful situation that they find themselves in. Is that something that um, Donna could go to Citizens Information with and you can maybe talk through what they're entitled to? Absolutely, Patricia. I mean, because there's quite a lot of questions there. Yeah. I suppose if she's only on the in this benefit of 93-something per week, that means her average weekly earnings would have been less than 150 euros. Okay. What they're basically, because you see your illness benefit is based on um, your average weekly earnings two years ago, if you follow. So oh, okay. that's possibly there. So I suppose there's a couple it, it, There's a couple of things, really, I mean, that we, we could look at with, with them. So I suppose, really, I would suggest they get in touch with us okay. uh, yeah, and I, we would I, go through it. Yeah. Because, I mean, there are certain things, to pay, I mean, we need to know more about their family size in terms of payments, whether with his earnings, would he be entitled to the working family payment? Yeah. You know, there's, there's just different things we'd look at. So I'd really suggest he talks to us and we would look at it, okay. what, um, uh, what options are there for them. And we yeah. will be calling out your number at the end, uh, uh, Donald and, and uh, we get uh, John Paul to email back on the numbers as well. Okay, let's let's start. Are you still uh, operating over the phone? Is the and um, what's happening with the drop-in service? Uh, yeah, we're still providing our service mainly by phone, but but we do see people by appointment as well. So what we really would suggest people is that they uh, they can they ring us and we will have a discussion with them first of all. And if someone needs a face to face appointment, we'll facilitate it if at all possible. Uh, currently, our offices in Bantry, Fermoy, and Yall are, are are set up for appointments. So so really ring us, and if at all possible, we will fit in an appointment. Yeah. And I mentioned that you're based in Bantry. You've recently moved to new offices. Yes, very. We're very excited about. Yeah, we've moved into new bigger offices there at the end of January. 
So we moved from our own location where we'd been for the last 17 years there in the square in Bantry and we're relocated up to what used to be the old Vickery's Hotel there in the centre of town. So we're in New Street, so we're opposite Forest and Flock there. So the telephone number is the same, Brilliant. but um, we're up there. So New, new offices. Yeah. Now, there's been so much talk in the media lately about retirement age and the age when you do retire, when you're entitled to receive your state pension. Can you just clarify what is the current situation? Well, currently the state pension, either contributory or non-contributory, is paid to people from the age of 66. So it's been like that now for a few years. Um, and generally, we you should apply three months before you reach the age of 66. Now, if it's a situation you paid social insurance contributions in more than one country, it's advisable that you apply six months before you reach 66 to, to make sure everything's in order. Um, so if someone needs help with their form or they have queries about the amount they're likely to receive, they should contact us. Like we can help interpret somebody's social insurance record and we can also advise on any means test involved in relation to the state pension non-contributory. Okay. Is there a means test attached to all state pensions? No, no. If you have enough PRSI for a state pension contributory, it's not means tested. Uh, however, the, the state pension non-contributory is means tested. And also, I suppose the one that some people are not aware of is that if you have a state pension contributory and you're claiming an increase for your spouse or partner, that increase for them is means tested. So sometimes people get caught out in that one. So if your listeners have any questions about this, they should contact us. Now, what happens if you retire at 65? Because a lot of people do finish work at 65. Yeah, and, and state pension at one time, you would get a state pension at 65, but that, that stopped a few years now. But if you retire at 65, you may qualify for a benefit payment until you reach 66. So um, at, at 66, then, as I said, you qualify for your state pension. But to qualify for that benefit between 65 and 66, you must have stopped work and you must meet certain PRSI conditions. The payment really, it's similar to job seekers benefit, but you don't, but there's a couple of important differences though. You don't have to be looking for work or you don't have to sign on at your local social welfare office. Um, the, the, amount, the amount you get the same would be the same as the maximum job seekers benefit. You get around 208 personal rate and 138 for your dependent adult. Which is less than the state pension. So it's less than the state you pension. Have, you have a, a year to wait for the pension to come in. It is. Now, it is, some yeah. older people live on their own. Talk to us about extra payment for people on social welfare who may be living alone. Yeah, now there, there is a payment called the living alone increase and it's paid to, to people on certain social welfare payments who live alone. Now, from January of this year, that increased by three euros from, it used to be 19 euros up to 22 euros. So anybody really who's 66 years or over, and if they live alone, um, you will qualify if you're getting certain social welfare payments. It's usually, I suppose, the most common ones really would be like if someone's on their state pension, contributory or non-contributory, or if someone's on a widow's pension. Now, some people under 66 will qualify also if they live alone and they're getting a, a, a long-term illness payment like disability allowance or invalidity pension or, you know, or blind pension, one of those. So, yeah. Do you have to be completely living alone in order to qualify for it? No, that's actually a good question. Um, there, there are some exceptions. So, say for a situation, say if you're living in an extension of a family member's home, Say, for example, say if your son or daughter, you've got a granny flat attached to their house, you can qualify for the increase if you can show that you have facilities to cook and eat alone. Okay. And you must also have your own living and sleeping accommodation. So basically, if you can show you have your own independent space there. Now, 
also, like, you can also qualify if, if for the living alone if you're aged, if you're and you're infirm, and you have a friend or a relative to stay for security reasons at night time only. Because you know a lot of people are nervous about staying on their mm-hmm. own. So, so in that situation, you will qualify, provided the person, the the friend or relative who's staying over with you, they are not contributing to the household financially in any way. And, and another scenario then, again, which it, it can be a common enough one as people get older, that if you live alone during the day, so if you're own place, you're looking after yourself, you do cooking all your own meals and everything, but maybe you stay with a relative or friend at night because you're, you're, you're nervous about staying on your own. In that situation, you will qualify. Uh, and also a situation maybe where you have a relative to stay at the weekend. Um, now, again, the living alone condition is satisfied as long as the relative has a permanent home address elsewhere. So you can see there, there's a kind of, there's a number of exceptions there, really. Okay, and then people living alone who run a B and B, and they do it obviously to supplement their income. Yeah, no, that's one. If you run a B and B business, even if it was only for part of the year, so even if you were only doing B and B, say for June, July, and August, you won't qualify. But now, there, again, like everything, there's an exception to that. So if you live alone, but maybe you occasionally take in a paying guest, say, I don't know, say like there's a local festival on or there's something on in the town and you take in somebody for one or two nights, but it's not your business. In that situation, you will qualify. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. So, so I suppose it's always a good idea to check, check. because there's, yeah. there's lots of little anomalies there. But I mean, yes. If you, so. do, if you don't ask, you won't know. Absolutely. Okay, and then people over the age of 80, they get an extra allowance, don't they? Yeah, so if you, um, you're automatically paid an extra allowance of 10 euro per week when you reach 80, if you're in receipt of a state pension in your own right, okay? So if you've got your contributory pension, non-contributory pension or widow's pension, it automatically goes up by 10 euros. You don't have to do anything. Now, one thing just be aware of, though, that that increase is not paid to adult dependents. So if you have a couple and one of them, it's one of them has their state pension and the other is getting, is a dependent on that, the dependent doesn't get the increase when they're over 80. So that's one Uh, of the differences, yeah. That's that's a bit mean. Okay, (laughs) there's a scheme where people get assistance with their electricity bills and God knows they need it now more than than ever. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, I suppose that that scheme is the household benefits package. Now that helps with the cost of electricity or gas bills or uh, and the TV license. Now only one person in the household can get it. Now if you're aged 70 or over and the bill's in your name, that's that qualifies you. The, the, by virtue of being over 70, you're qualified. You don't have to be getting a state pension. It's not means tested. There's nothing else. The fact that you're over 70 and the bill's in your name qualifies you. Now, you don't have to wait until you're 70 to apply, though. Um, if you're aged between 66 and 69, you can also get that uh, household benefits package if you're in receipt of a state pension or other qualifying payment. Now, if you're not on a qualifying payment, that you will have to pass the means test. But um, but a lot of people sometimes between 66 and 69 don't apply because they think they have to be over 70. But if you're between 60 and 69, you're, and you're getting a state pension in your own right and you 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 will you will qualify. Um, the other one then, obviously, if you're under 66, if you're on a disability allowance or invalidity pension, you, you may also uh, uh, qualify depending on your circumstances. And what happens if you move house? Does it move with you? Well, that's one. If you know, if you move, if you move house, um, you what will happen is the even though you your even though your circumstances have changed, you still have to reapply. So you have to complete a new application form. Yeah. 
Okay. Now, a number of older people are querying, and this is not just for older people, I suppose it's for everybody, the renewing of their driving licence. Many of them got extended because of the COVID situation. What can you can you tell us what's happening with driving licence? Yeah, you're right there. The Last year, like the, 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 the government, they announced extensions to the expiry date of certain licences which were due to expire before the 31st of October last year. Now, some of those extensions have come to an end, so it's important that someone, you can check the expiry date of your licence on their, the National Driving Licence Service website. But you can, you can re- renew your licence online if you have a public service card and a MyGov ID verified account. So it's kind of a straightforward um, process. But if you cannot renew your licence online, you have to go to one of the centres in person, one of the National Driving Licence uh, Service Centres in person. Now, the only thing about that is, though, you even you can't just walk in. You have to book an appointment in advance, and that must be done online. Now, that can be problematic for some people who are not comfortable with using online booking. And if they don't have someone to help, it can be a, a barrier for people. So just letting you know that citizen information can assist with this. And we, we frequently assist people to book their appointments online or even just to put in with they give us the expiry date, you know, to check do they need to renew their license? Because you can only you can only renew it within three months of the expiry date. So, you so know, you'll you be able say, to check it for people who, who don't we, have access online. Well done. Yeah, I didn't so realize they, you did that. Yeah, so like if they ring in and, and we, you know, because obviously we we can just get some details. If they give us permission to give us some details, we'll put it we'll in on uh, the thing and check but it you, for you them. you can help them and book the appointment for them if needs be. We can we can do that, yes. Yeah, and And the other thing, just to be people aware, is you no longer are required to submit a, a paper application form when you're going to the appointment. So before, you know, you fill out your form, you fill out your That's paper form. That's all gone. Form. So you don't need that. You don't need the uh, submit the application form, but you still need obviously to bring the relevant medical and our, you know, the eyesight report is required, and you don't need a photograph either um, because they, you, the your photo and signature are digitally are digitally recorded there. So yeah. Okay. And there yeah. were uh, changes at the end of last year to do with fair deal. Yeah, um, there was a big change there. Um, as part of the financial assessment under the Fair Deal, you have to contribute 7.5% of the value of certain assets each year towards the cost of your care for a maximum of three years, okay? So that's what's known as the three-year cap. Now, the, the, these assets can include your the family home, the, the proceeds of the sale of your home, and your farm or business. Now, before the end of last year, there was no cap on the length of time the charge was levied on farms or businesses except in very limited circumstances. And that was a huge distress to a lot of people and caused a lot of concern. So I suppose that was one positive change that that came in there from the end of last year. And are there conditions which need to be met? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like with everything, there are a number of of conditions. I suppose the most important thing is that you must apply to the HSE to appoint your, your what's called your family successor, the person who's going to be taking over from you. The, the, that person will have to commit to re- running the farm or business for at least six years. And that's really important. It has, you know, it isn't. It, it, there is a commitment here on the successor. Um, the successor must also be aged eighteen or older, and they must be either your uh, your own or your spouse or partner's relatives. So they can be either. At your child, niece, nephew, uncle, aunt, stepchild, but they have there has to be a relative. Okay. 
Mm. You can't just, you know, appoint a neighbour or something like that. And I suppose the other thing about it as well is that the, your farm or the business, they, it must have been actively run by you, your partner, or the proposed family successor for at least three of the last five years. So, again, it you know, you can't just pick someone out of the out of nowhere to, to, to they, they've had to be either working and the farm has to be actively worked for the last three of, of the, the okay. last five years. And um, and then a charge in favour of the HGC is placed on the chargeable property of a business or farm. I suppose it is quite it's complex. Co- and we there's, would and there's a, lo- yeah, there's a lot of yeah. information there we're going yeah. to direct people to go to either of the offices. Before I let you go and before I give out the, the number, somebody wants to know how much can you have in savings before you apply for a non-contributory old age pension? Is there an actual amount for one person living alone? There is, I suppose. If if you're a, if you're a single person, the first twenty thousand euros is disregarded. Okay, so, and then, I suppose in if so, the first twenty thousand is disregarded, and then there are an additional thirty euros of means that they disregard as well. Okay. Okay. So, the way so in essence, it means you could ha- if you have nothing else, you could have up to forty thousand in savings and still qualify for, for, for the maximum pension. non-contributory okay. pension. And that they're yeah. exactly the kind of things that you can talk somebody through over the phone. They, yeah. Your West Cork number is oh eight one eight zero seven eight three nine zero. The Mallow office is oh eight one eight zero seven eight triple zero, and the Fomoy office is zero eight one eight zero seven seven nine seven zero. And of course, your fantastic website, Citizen Information. .ie. Got to leave it there, Anne. I'm over on time. Thank you for that. Thanks, Patricia. And thanks Thank uh, you. for joining us. That is uh, Anne O'Donovan. Cork today on C103. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.